In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Blessed Feast of Pentecost. So it's been 50 days since the resurrection. 50 days since the resurrection. 10 days since our Lord ascended. And he told the disciples and he told the people around him what was going to happen. He said, stay in Jerusalem. Something big is happening. Something that's going to change your lives. And what's really interesting, if you heard in the gospel that was just read, our Lord said, it is to your advantage that I depart. Imagine Christ being there with his disciples. They've, everything's been going great after the resurrection. They've seen him. They now know this, the, the concept of the resurrection. They believe it. They see it. They're living it. And now our Lord is telling them, it's actually better for me to leave than for me to stay. It's better for you if I leave. And this idea shows us the, the impact and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I feel, and maybe some of you may agree with me, that the Holy Spirit, when we don't discuss the Holy Spirit enough, he, we know He exists. We know when we receive Him. We receive Him when we, uh, after baptism, when, during the chrismation, with the Holy Myrun, we receive the Holy Spirit. So we, we know that part. We understand it. But we understand it kind of like academically. But the Holy Spirit, He's someone we need to have a relationship with. And He has an impact in our life, whether we know it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not. And so we're going to talk about different roles that the Holy Spirit plays in our personal life. And how we can build that connection with him to make it where it's not just in theory, that the Holy Spirit is in theory. Just like we prayed in the litanies, that we only, we, we, these litanies that we prayed today, the third hour litanies, we, we usually do during the third hour, which is uh, during the offering. But today, because it's Pentecost, we sang them in a special tune. And in this if you, know, if you notice in the refrain, we ask him to renew him within us. So it's a constant, so it's not that you just receive the Holy Spirit when you get chrismated and that's it. He's there and you have him, you have him and that's it. No, it's a constant renewal. He works in us and he's constantly being renewed by us getting closer to God. So we'll talk about a few roles that he plays in our life. And the first is he's our guide and our teacher. He's our guide and our teacher. He's our coach. He's our personal trainer. He's the one who's going to get us where we need to be. And many times when we ask, okay, so where is our goal? What's our destination as Christians? Many people, the first reaction is heaven. And I just want to say that's incomplete. Heaven is a result. Heaven is a result. Our goal is not heaven. Because you know what? When we start thinking of, about our, whole, our goal is heaven, we think of a destination. We think of 
after we pass the, the second, the eternal life, we lose focus on the world we are in now. Our goal and our focus is Christ, is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we live with Him, then we live in heaven. We live in heaven here, then we live in heaven later, we live in heaven always. And the Holy Spirit helps us in this goal. He, he guides us every step of the way towards this goal. In the Pauline epistle today, St. Paul says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This is a big, big statement. You cannot say that Jesus Christ is our Lord without the Holy Spirit. And it's not just the concept of saying it, but to truly believe it and to live it, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because he's the one who reveals Christ to us. This is what it means for him to be a guide and a teacher. He teaches us who Christ is. He teaches us, he allows us to see God in our everyday life. He is that magnetic force inside of us that is pushing us always to Christ. But what does it mean that he guides us? He guides us in this world where we can describe it as a dark place, a place of, of, of sin, of corruption, of nonsense. He is the guide that has that flashlight and is walking in front of us and holding our hand, taking us from step to step to step, showing us where Christ is, showing us the truth. He is teaching us the truth. And in the society that we live in now, truth has been devalued. Truth has been up for interpretation. Truth has been changed. Now, in many, in many circles in society, there's confusion on what is a male, what is a female? Who is a man, who is a woman? What is marriage? What is love? All of this is confused. The truth has been covered and distorted. Distorted, that's what the, that's what the fall did. When sin entered the world, the image of God inside of us and in the whole world was distorted. And Christ came to renew that. But the Holy Spirit comes to guide us and to reveal the truth in places where there is no truth. And so anytime you feel confused, feel uncertain, you feel like overwhelmed, by the, 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 the noise, the, the different opinions, the distractions, the falsehoods, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you. And He will. He will. He will reveal. It might not be at the time when we ask right away, but the, he, he reveals by bringing us closer to the light, bringing us closer to Christ Himself. So he is our guide and our teacher. Our Lord says he will remind us, he will teach us all things and remind us 
bringing to our remembrance all things that He has told us. So if He brings to our remembrance, what is our role in that? Like how can He remind us of something if we don't know it? It's two things. One, we have to be working hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to receive the Holy Spirit at chrismation and stop. That's the beginning of our Christian life. When we receive the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized and chrismated, we receive the Holy Spirit, and now our journey to sainthood begins. And so we work hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. We work in unity in the, with the Holy Spirit where we partake of the sacraments, the body and blood of our Lord. We pray our prayers. We read our Bible. We show love and kindness to others. And as we do these things, as we do these things, our life gets transformed. That's why when we read our Bible and we pray and we, we really take in, we read the church fathers, then our, the Holy Spirit will remind us when we're put in a situation and we're confused or we're, we're challenged, the Holy Spirit will be inside of us and be like, wait, remember, remember this verse? Remember this verse or, or, or this story that you heard in Sunday school or this situation? That's the Holy Spirit. Him working inside of us, Him reminding us, Him helping us get to Christ. The second is the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our advocate. He comforts us. I shared this story before, but one of the toughest things for me when I first got ordained was visiting people right after they, they lost a, a loved one. Because I remember thinking to myself at that time, like, what am I going to say? How am I going to fix the situation? How am I going to make them feel better? And it was silly of me. It was wrong. And, I, and, and God taught me very early on that there's really nothing you can say that's going to make a person like forget about everything, feel so much better and all this stuff. And I remember hearing a phrase. And that phrase, we say it so commonly and we all say it to each other and we all repeat it. But it's very powerful where we say, may God comfort you. Rabbina Aziku. May God comfort you. If when you say that, it's a reminder that He is our comforter. Not us. I, but we bring the comforter with us anywhere we go. And we comfort. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. He comforts. That's one of his roles. He comforts us in ways that, it, that, the, that do not make any sense. Like, we live in a, a very practical society. So we try to just do things to make things better. Just let's fix this problem. Let's fix this. Let's fix this. Let's fix this. Instead, the Holy Spirit, he, he gives us a sense of peace that surpasses all understanding, like the Bible says. So the idea of the Holy Spirit guiding us is one and teaching us and reminding us, but he also comforts us. But as we mentioned, he's our comforter and our advocate. So what does it mean to be an advocate? 
an advocate. Sometimes when we think of an advocate as somebody who's standing in front of someone to, to speak for them or to help them or to guide them. Many times it's a, it's a lawyer or, or like some sort of position in that way where there's a person who feels in need, is not able to speak up, so they, they have an advocate for them, somebody who speaks on behalf of them. And the Holy Spirit does the same for us. St. Paul says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with the groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What better way what better way to be able to stand in front of God than having God himself speak for us? To the point where many times we feel, I don't know what to say when I pray. I know I should pray, but I don't know what to say. Or my prayer ends up to be three to five minutes, if that. Or even my prayer is, as, I'm, as I'm, my head is falling down on my pillow, I'm speeding up as fast as I can the Lord's Prayer. And, it's as, and, and this is not true prayer. And that's why the church gives us the liturgical prayers, right? It gives us the ability to pray together. It gives us the repetitiveness. Many people look at the, the repetitive prayers and they feel like, this is, it's boring, I don't feel it, it's repeated. But the church puts the repeated prayers there to constantly enforce what we're saying. When we're saying, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, it's not just, just because we want to say it. it. It really has an impact. Lord have mercy on me because I need him. And so the Holy Spirit groans. It makes sounds, it prays to God and intercedes for us even when we don't know it. But it requires us to be in his presence. The third is that he is the source of our spiritual gifts. And we can talk a lot about what that means and what spiritual gifts and how to find the spiritual gifts, but this is not for today. But what I want to talk about is he is the source of our gifts and the concept of gifts is changed. I'll tell you what I mean. During Christmas time, when everybody receives gifts, it's an exciting thing. And we talk about these gifts being a representative of Christ himself being our gift. And we receive with joy and we give with joy and gladness these gifts as a representation of Christ. But at the end of the day, many times in our life, gifts are selfish. We receive gifts. Like just the other day, it was, my, it was uh, uh, one of my daughter's birthdays, and she received a bunch of gifts. Every frozen gift you can think of, every Elsa in the world is in my house. And so she received these gifts, and for her, 
It's her gift. It's her toy. That's it. She receives the gift, and she enjoys it, and it's hers. But that's not what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't just give us gifts for us to just enjoy, and that's it. All the gifts He gives us, if you notice during the readings today in the Pauline, all the gifts He gives us is for us to use to love others and to serve others and to bring others closer to Christ. When He gives us the gift of teaching, the gift of healing, the gift of discernment, the gift of wisdom, all these gifts are given to us for us to enjoy and participate in, but also to use for others. It's not a selfish gift. So how do we do that? The first thing is we have to acknowledge that we all have gifts. And this is very hard for us. Because the first thing we, we think is like, no, no, no. I know some people have gifts, but not me. What are my gifts of it? I don't have any gifts. And this is where through prayer, through asking the Holy Spirit, through working with our spiritual guides, Father of Confession, we figure out our gifts. Because many times, you don't see your gift, others see it in you. Because again, the gifts are there to help others. So others notice it even sometimes quicker than yourself. And so what does it mean to notice your gift and to receive your gift and to live your gift? This is what the Holy Spirit is doing for us. That we receive these gifts in order to get us closer to God and bring others with us. It's, it's really important for us to understand and to learn that we have spiritual gifts and to figure out what these gifts are. And it's not okay for us to be embarrassed of our gifts or feel like ashamed to talk about our gifts. It's not a matter of boasting. If you're a good speaker or you have a good voice or you are able to discern very well, these are gifts that God gave you. If you deny that, you're hurting Him. You're hurting the one who gave you the gifts. It's not boasting if you say, yes, I have the ability to do X, Y, and Z. God has given, it's not me. God gave me this ability and I need to continue working on this skill, working on this gift. But sometimes we get embarrassed and we're like, no, I... No, I, I might have this. But what happens? We, we end up covering the gift. And in, in that way, we are disrespecting the one who gave it to us. Lastly, he is our sanctifier and the one who transforms us. In the liturgy, we say that the sanctification is by the Holy Spirit. He is the one who sanctifies us. He is the one who sets us apart. He is the one who makes us holy. His goal, his goal is to bring us to Christ. His goal is to transform us into saints. That's his goal. Anytime we work against that goal, that's a problem. That's the denying of the Holy Spirit. It's like the number one trivia question. Which is the sin that cannot be Forgiven, 
Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That's everybody's favorite thing because it's like, oh, well, I, can I confess? Well, if you deny him, if you are working against him, if you're ignoring your gifts, if you're ignoring him as a comforter and him as a guide and him as an advocate and him as a sanctifier, then, you, yeah, I mean, you've already left him. So the idea here is that he transforms us. And you look around and all these saints, they weren't perfect people. They were regular people. They sinned. One of my favorite things I, when I, that I noticed when I first uh, started coming here was upstairs in the church, when you walk in, there's on the, on the left side, when you enter, it's St. Moses in the back, St. Moses is strong. And on the right side is St. Mary of Egypt. And I remember asking one of the fathers, like, whoa, isn't the church St. Mary and St. Athanasius? Like, we have St. Mary and St. Athanasius in the back here. Why don't we have St. Mary and St. Athanasius? And he's like, oh, they're in the, they're in the foyer. It's once you, before you even enter the church, they're there. I said, well, there's no icons in the whole church. Why these two here? I, 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 it didn't click with me. And he said, because we enter into the church as sinners, and we walk out closer to God. So they entered, and we look to them as examples of repentance and those who are transformed. Like you can, these were examples of what not to do, these, these sinners. All the, all the sins in the world they did, everything you could think of. But they were transformed by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit gives us hope and the ability to be transformed as long as we work with him and allow him to work. Allow him to guide us in this road to sanctification. So I pray during this Holy Apostles Fast that we don't just take the fast lightly. I mean, I think we, Holy 50 Days, everybody ate whatever they wanted. Everybody didn't stop eating since since the resurrection. But now it's time to refocus and to use this time, this apostles fast, to do as the apostles did where they not only, not only went around and served different areas, but they themselves were transformed. And let us use the gift of fasting, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of prayer, the gift of the, the, the Eucharist in order to uh, be transformed and live a godly life and glory be to God forever. Amen.